Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's Thursday, July 21st. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. This week, part two of the Silver Line got another quarter billion dollars in funding in order to complete the extension once and for all. NBC Washington's transportation reporter Adam Tuss has covered this beleaguered project for a while and tells us why this extra money was needed and why we're four years behind schedule. Think about that. Four years ago, we were supposed to be riding you know, this new system that would go from Reston to Dallas International Airport and then continue into Loudoun County, which is mind-boggling. And we go beyond the challenges of this stymied silver line and talk about how this extension, once complete, will benefit the region. Adam tells us a story of a Dulles airport worker who lives in Maryland. If she can just get on one train, you know, at Capitol Heights and take that all the way to the airport, then she just has to get off and walk to her job. Well, that makes things infinitely easier. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan is off today. It's now more expensive, but at least the Silver Line extension project wasn't delayed further, at least not yet. This 11-mile project is four years behind schedule. Construction started back in 2014, and passengers were supposed to be riding the Silver Line extension between Reston and Dulles International Airport back in 2018. This week, leaders at the Metropolitan Washington Airport's authority explained why this project has taken so long and when it'll likely finally be open for business. NBC4's transportation reporter Adam Tuss covers Metro very closely, and he's here to help us understand, again, why this extension is taking so long. Adam, thanks for being here. Good to be here, Luke. Thanks for having me. Of course. So acting senior vice president of the Dulles Corridor Metro Rail Project, that's a mouthful, Drew Haskell, gave one of the most wide-ranging explanations for why the stymied Silver Line extension is taking so long. And the first reason he gave was unforeseen construction challenges. But Adam, what does that really mean? Okay, so uh, yeah, and you laid this out perfectly because originally the second phase of the Silver Line was supposed to open in 2018. So think about that. Four years ago, we were supposed to be riding you know, this new system that would go from Reston to Dallas International Airport and then continue into Loudoun County, which is mind boggling in and of itself that this thing is going to go to Ashburn. Mm. Uh, some first problems that they actually ran into were stormwater management. You know, a lot of these new projects that are being built, they have to be built to such a high environmental quality standard. Uh, and I remember getting the call from the head of the airports authority, Jack Potter, a number of years ago. He called me and a Washington Post reporter into a meeting, and it was just the two of us. And we said, OK, we'll come over to the airports authority. What are we talking about? Mm. And he said, you're going to uh, get to break the news that this project is not going to open on time. <laughs> and so we did. And that was the first part of the delay. So that pushed it back essentially two years from 2018 to 2020. Fast forward a little bit, when they started to really dig into some of the dirt 
out there in Northern Virginia. They ran into soil that was way harder than they expected. They ran into granite, as a matter of fact, that Whoa. they didn't see. So it took a lot of work to get that part out. Right. They were saying that this hard rock is so tough, you usually have to you know, use explosives to kind of mine through it. But they actually had to not do that because there's an airport. It's between, you know, highways or roads. And that left us in our contractor in a position where sometimes they were hand mining. Men and women down there with hand tools breaking rock. Which is mind boggling to me. It is. They had, and that took a long time to get that out of there. So, right. That was another unforeseen circumstance, you know, so to speak. And then throw in the fact that after they got the line essentially built, they ran into all these concrete problems. So uh, parts of the system literally had crumbling, cracking concrete. That was the wrong mixture, the wrong specificity. It turns out that this concrete plant in Pennsylvania had been falsifying records to ship out this bad concrete to the project, and it actually got installed in the project. So uh, that was a, a couple of years ago. We actually broke that story here at NBC Washington. And so that delayed the project even further because then they had to go in, check all of the concrete panels that were put into the system, come up with a mitigation solution for that. That delayed things a little bit longer. And then, oh, yeah, let's throw in a pandemic while we're at it. <laughs> right. Just so, the cherry on top. Exactly. COVID restrictions, everything else. Long story short, we are close but I, I do like the way that you couched it. You know, we're not there just yet in terms of, you know, when the line's going to officially open. And I think one of the more, most dangerous things that you can do is, is put a timetable on when this thing is going to open. Because right now, essentially what's happening, and this is something that not everybody remembers, the airports authority built this project. It then gets handed over to Metro. So Metro did not build this project. Mm. They are just accepting it from the airports authority. And so what's happening right now is Metro is going in there and they're looking for their own problems. They're saying, hey, this doesn't look right or this doesn't look right. So they could come back with a whole checklist of items that still need to be fixed. And that's kind of where we are. Mm. And there's some understandable kind of frustration. You know, this is a lot, a lot of delay. And you've been kind of in this project, in a sense, reporting on it, breaking news, as you said. So, you know, is it really just a combination of natural barriers and then some human error? Or where does the responsibility really lie for this long delay? I think that there are a couple of places. I mean, the first is the contract that was originally drawn up uh, between the airports authority and the contractor. Um, Dallas Rail Partners and, and uh, some of the contractors and Bechtel and some of these other groups that have been in there and Hensel Phelps and all of these construction agencies, you know, there have been things that really didn't go well. We mentioned that, you know, the, the cracking concrete. One of the other things that's happening with this second phase is because the trains have to go so far out, they have to have a rail yard so mm. that they can be maintained and that they can essentially start at the end of the line and then come in. You can't store all the trains in downtown DC. They have to have rail yards. So as part of this project, they built a brand new rail yard out in the Ashburn area. Um, but it turns out that some of the buildings out there had the same concrete issues, had same issues with the tracks that were built. Um, and there's been a lot of kind of inaccuracies with the way a lot of this project has been built. So in terms of the, you know, where the blame lies, I think it's part airports authority, you know, and the Silver Line project managers for not keeping as close an eye on the project as there should have been. But it's also the, uh, you know, the, the people building the project, the, the contractors who were not necessarily, you know, putting things in the right way. Mm. And is this kind of par for the course for municipal train transit builds? Where does it really fall kind of in that context? 
Um, you know, I've made a living off of covering projects that haven't really <laughs> met their stand. I mean, let's look at the Silver Spring Transit Center, right? That thing was supposed to open many years ago. It had the same kind of concrete issues. They had to go in there, call in this guy who uh, was like an expert in concrete. Uh, and he came in with the plan to, to literally drill these holes, to fix the whole thing, to bring, reinforce the concrete with more steel. So there was another project that, you know, had to be fixed. You look at the purple line, what's going on with that right now in Maryland, that has been completely mismanaged. So, yeah, I mean, when you get to some of these larger projects and we are talking billions and billions of dollars, it's easy for things to kind of shift off course quickly. I think what you need to do is is have a management system in place that's able to kind of get it back on track. Uh, And with the Silverline project, that project in and of itself has had its own management team. And that management team has gone through leadership changes as well. So um, when you don't have a steady, consistent, you know, stream of people helping out, that that can certainly, you know, be a part of the problem. Mm. And you mentioned this, but are all these hurdles, construction, environmental issues, COVID and management problems, are these hurdles behind the Silverline Extension Project yet? Uh, well, I mean, we hope the pandemic is, right? Uh, we hope that we're definitely through that. There is still a number of checklist items that they're going to have to do with the second phase of the project. And, you know, even after the first phase, that's the phase uh, that essentially ran from Falls Church and through Tyson's Corner and out to Reston. Even after that first phase was built, there is a number of punch list items that they had to go back and fix and in some cases are still keeping up with. So we won't really know until they announce an opening date. We're expecting sometime around Halloween-ish. That's what, you know, kind of sources that we've been talking to have been pointing to and maybe later in the year. So like October, November timeframe. But we, you know, we won't know for sure until they get in there and take a look at it. And after the break, Adam and I talk about how important this Silver Line extension is to the region as a whole and those who live right around those six stations on the brink of completion. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. We return now to my conversation with transportation reporter Adam Tuss about phase two of the Silver Line. And so we've been talking about all these challenges, but let's talk about this extension itself and what it will really bring to this community. I just did a quick check, and if I wanted to go to Dulles today to catch a flight, I'd have three options. I'd have to spend 50 bucks on an Uber, Lyft, or taxi. I could drive myself to the airport, but I'd have to pay $50 a day for parking. Or I could damage a close friendship by like convincing someone to you know, drive me out there in the middle of the day. All not ideal options. But once, you know, this Silverline extension opens up, it'll be like under $5 round trip or around $5 to go to and from the airport. So all that to say, how important will this Silverline extension be to this community? Oh, I think it's huge. And actually, I did a story the other day where I went out to uh, Wheelie Avenue, um, which is the end of the line right now. 
uh, and was talking to people who are actually coming from the airport. Because another thing you can do is you can go to Wheelie and catch a bus to the airport, or there's a bus from the airport that brings you to Wheelie and goes uh, on down. But I, I interviewed this one woman who works at the airport uh, and she lives in Maryland. So every day she drives her car to Capitol Heights Metro Station on the Blue Line, the you know far eastern end of the Blue Line. Right. Parks, takes the Silver Line all the way up to Wheelie, catches the bus and goes to the airport. I mean, that's her one way commute and then does it every day back and forth. But if you think about it, if she can just get on one train, you know, at Capitol Heights and take that all the way to the airport, then she just has to get off and walk to her job. Well, that makes things infinitely easier. And let's not forget that for a lot of people, Metro is the only way around. You yeah. know, we talk about uh, people being able to drive to the airport. Not everyone can do that. And yeah, the cost, I mean, is exponential to get out there. If you're talking about Ubers, Lyft, parking, all that stuff. Think about this, Luke, on the weekend, if you are taking a flight, an international flight, and you want to get to Dulles, it'll cost you $2. That's the one-way trip for Metro fares on the weekend, no matter where you are. So you could be you know, in New Carrollton, and you want to get to Dulles Airport, that's $2. And that's kind of hard to beat. So when you start to think of it in those terms, I do think this will be game-changing. You can take a look at what happened with Reagan National, and I'm, I'm going through the pages of history here, but <laughs> Please do. if you look at Reagan National Airport, um, you know there was not always a metro station there, obviously, but when they built the B&C terminals, um, they put the metro station in as well, and it quickly became one of the most used metro stations around an airport in the entire country. And so you can see the value of People do want to take transit, especially if you make it easy for them. Um, and I've done the walk from the from the new Dulles uh, station, uh, metro station to the terminal. It's a little bit of a walk, but it's not so bad. And I think it will get used, especially by airport employees uh, and people who definitely want to use the train. And then, yeah, don't forget, it's not just Dulles. We're also talking about yeah. Loudoun County. I, I interviewed another person on the platform. He grew up in the Ashburn area, and he says he, he can't believe that that's actually going to be coming all the way out there. And if you drive out that far, you can already see the development that's starting to happen around the metro stations. So it's already changing the game. Right. There have been a lot of hurdles to overcome, but it looks like what's at stake is a lot and it could really change things up. Adam, thanks so much for explaining this to us and walking us through it. Always happy to help, Luke. And before we go, we have this week's installment of DMV Dates, which for those of you who don't know, is an idea that we came up with way back when just to really share cool ideas for, you know, dates in D.C. It's summertime. People want, you know, to do things. So anyway, Rosie's here. She was a WTOP intern, and now she's actually a WTOP associate producer. So first, Rosie, congrats and welcome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. It's a pleasure to be back. Boom. So Rosie and I both have ideas, and here we go. Rosie, start us off. Okay. So my idea for this DMV date um, is really a way to highlight the charm of Northwest D.C., which happens to be where I live. So this date really highlights the charm of Northwest D.C. Uh, The date begins at Hillwood Estate. Have you been there yet? No. You have to go. Jeez, okay. I grew up so, here. This is yes, this is bad. This is what you need to do. Okay, so Hillwood Estate is the historic home of Marjorie Merriweather Post, who was the heiress to the Post fortune, as in Post cereal. She was the wealthiest woman in the United States in the 19th century, which is pretty amazing. That's huge. Um, she has this incredible historic home with a huge Fabergé egg collection, which I'm a little partial What's to. What's that? What is that? Those little Russian eggs that are like intricately designed with diamonds and colors and all these things. It's Whoa. a wonderful experience. So you you start there. It's an eighteen a suggested eighteen dollar donation to get in. 
do with that suggestion what you will. Um, so you meet your date there. From there, you walk, scooter, bike, bus, drive, whatever, about a mile and a half up to Comet Ping Pong, of course. Oh, yes. Um, I love it. I know it's got, you know, kind of a scandalous history here in D.C., of course, the 2016 shooting that occurred there. But also, fun to play ping pong, great pizza, good beer list, good cocktails, and good other drinks, if that's what you Just like. Just a solid vibe altogether. A solid vibe. Maybe catch a show. It's all fun. And then, if you've still got room in your stomach after your long day, pop over to Sugar Fox, which is right next door. Have an ice cream cone or a cupcake, whatever. Say goodnight to your date. And um, that's my Northwest D.C. date idea. Boom. Solid. Fun fact, I grew up three blocks from Comet Pizza, so hey. can't vouch for that place. Solid place. <laughs> All right, here's my idea. So it's kind of a classic, but it's a it's a good one. National Gallery of Art obviously is such a fantastic museum. It's going to be really hot this weekend, mm. and the National Gallery of Art has to like keep it cool because all of the old art artifacts oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So duck into the National Gallery of Art around 1 p.m. Okay, so you sleep in, you meet your date there, get a coffee in the coffee shop, mm. and then head over to the Rembrandt section. Okay, mm-hmm. and what you're gonna do is you're gonna <laughs> find the self-portrait, and this is something I do whenever I go. I find the self-portrait, and then I just like look right into the eyes of Rembrandt, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's like you see his face look at you. It's like it's a cool little like whoa experience, mm-hmm. and you know art is like a good little vessel into the depths of the soul. If there's any like physical <laughs> thing that does that, art is one of those things. Yeah. So maybe this is like a higher like fifth, fourth. Maybe 10th date. I don't know. It depends on where you are with this person. Yeah. Anyway, after that, you then head out to the sculpture garden. It's about 3 p.m. at this point. You know, you've seen a lot of art. Your feet are kind of tired. You go to the cafe, get like a drink. You know, it's a little cooler now outside. Mm -hmm. Just relax outside. Um, That cafe closes at 4 p.m., so make sure you get there before then. (laughs) And then boom, that's it. I love it. Yeah? That sounds like a charming date. And can I just say, Cascade Cafe at the National Gallery, one of my favorite places to have a coffee, a pizza, an affogato. Installment number three of the DMV Dates segment. Here we here we are. Thanks for joining us for the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwalb, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on social media, too. We post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download Podcast is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a solid day and see you tomorrow.